0: To the Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Um, so uh, glad to continue tonight in our I Am series from the Gospel of John. So if you have a Bible, I hope you do. Um, turn to John chapter 8. Verse 12, if you guys do not have a Bible, um, not very familiar with a Bible at all, that one in the row before you, in front of you in that chair uh, is yours to take. That's our gift to you if you would like a Bible. If you have like 10 of them, maybe don't take one. But if you have a really worn out one and you like don't have money for a new one, you can also have that as well. Um, hey, by, by way of introduction, I was, I was sort of thinking about growing up in, in school and I remember very specifically one time there was a, a tornado warning uh, that was happening during school time. I don't remember how old I was. Let's say around 8 to 10-ish or so, right? And um, the, the warning was a, a very accurate warning because the tornado was very close and all of the, the, the power went out in the school. And been in this position before where the power goes out, electricity out. Am I the only person? You can kind of raise your Okay, there we go. Good. I'm like, man, y'all are really sheltered. Um, anyway, so... What tends what to happen, right, is all of the lights go out and everyone freaks out, right? Not like now. And so the lights go out and, you know, our parents' generation right now, they'd be making out. But we have about 10 panic attacks happening in this generation right now. So let's turn the lights back on. Sorry. Sorry, it's over. That was a dad joke. Sorry. Just had to do it. Um, anyway. Y'all, y'all handle that really well. Y'all are really, um, y'all are really sober-minded and, and calm. Um, I was hoping that someone may freak out. But you know what's interesting about Here's what's interesting about the, the dark and, and the light. We, uh, we, we take the light for granted until there's darkness. Now, a lot of you, if you really were scared just now, you would have busted out your phone, right? Get that flashlight on. That's what you would have done. But really what we're gonna see um, is, is Jesus is going to call himself tonight. Something very interesting. He's, he's called himself. He just says, I am. He said, I am the eternal one. He's, last week, he's the bread of life. If you want an explanation of that, go back and listen to it. A lot to unpack. And this week, he's going to say that he is the light of the world. And here's what I'm convinced. I'm convinced that almost every single one of us, because I am too, and pastors pastor is supposed to be holy, right? I, even me, I can take Jesus for granted, just like I take light for granted. And he says, he is the light of the world. And what's very interesting is where did light begin? For Christians, it began whenever he said, let there be light. And so the one tonight, I just want to bring you in this, one who created light, who spoke light into creation is saying, he is the light of the world and his word. We're going to unpack it. And so I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're leaned in. So look at John chapter 8, verse 12. From anything like you I'm, I'm wondering, why does this matter? So let, let's look at this. John chapter eight, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Can I give you a simple explanation? The, the sermon could be over, but it's not gonna be. Jesus is the light of the world. Follow him. Life. Light. Don't follow him, darkness and death. Y'all ready to go home? Y'all good with that? Is that enough? Some of you are like, I got to study. All right. I'm sorry. You can go home anytime. You're not prisoners or whatever, but we're not done yet. Okay. Here's a possible question you could be asking. Why should it matter to me that Jesus is the light of the world? Now, again, I, I think that's a possible question, but I want to move on to a deeper question. And here's why. Because in week one, we covered, Jesus says, he is the great I am. He says, I am the one who was and is and is to come. He he mentioned like, hey, before Abraham existed. Abraham's like thousands of years ago was around and living on this earth. Okay, that's that's impressive. Oh, you predated Abraham. But he said, no, 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 not only that. I only predated Abraham. I created Abraham. I'm the one, when you read Genesis 1, that said, Let there be light. I created, I spoke the world into existence. That's pretty impressive. And then last week, he basically calls himself bread. We had to unpack that a little bit. He calls himself the bread of life. In other words, you have to partake of Jesus's bread, which is spiritual and symbolic of him saying, you have to believe in my broken body, and my blood that I shed for you on the cross in order to be saved. That's one part. And also, it pointed us to this reality that he's the bread of life, but we really like popcorn. We like popcorn. We don't like bread. We like things that don't satisfy and fill us up like Corbin was talking about earlier before the song, Jesus is Better. And and he just says, "I'm, I'm the bread of life. You need to believe in me and embrace that reality. Only Jesus can satisfy your spiritual hunger. And so here's the deal. He's saying he's the light of the world I haven't heard any good arguments back to Jesus yet. doesn't mean that you haven't spoken them. But what I'm gonna move on into to a deeper question, okay? I'm gonna move on to a deeper question. And what I want you to do, we're gonna find this deeper question in the epistle called, known as 1 John. There's 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. There's not three different Johns, all right? The same John who wrote the Gospel of John wrote a letter known as 1 John, and it has some really good stuff. And so if you're new to reading the Bible, what you can do is there's 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. And Revelation is the last book in the Bible. You can work backwards from there. Or if you want to be lazy, like I often have been, you can just go to the table of contents. It's a very, very small uh, epistle. And we're going to go to verse 5. Okay, we're going to dive into better questions tonight about the light. See, what I love about John he likes to speak in metaphor, but really what he's doing when he's speaking metaphor, he's just using the words that Jesus used because Jesus was a metaphor guy. So here it is. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in, in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so in light of that, I want to move on to the first of tonight's pressing questions. And there's going to be two. Really, the first is, I think, is why do we want to live in Jesus's light? Some interesting language here. What does he mean by this? Why do we want to live in Jesus's light? And we go back to John eight twelve. He says, I'm the light of the world. You follow me. You're going to have light and life. You're not going to be in darkness. And then 1 John 1 Verse 7 says this. Let's read it again. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and this. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Very basic points, but yet very powerful. Why do we want to be in Jesus' light? It's because Jesus' light saves us. That's plain and simple. Jesus' light saves us. He's saying, look, apart from me, you don't know it, you don't see it but you are in darkness, and I'm trying to bring you into the light. Colossians chapter 1, uh, 9 through 14, explains this. In verse 14 and 13, 14, it says he's delivered us from what's called the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to his kingdom. Good stuff here. And so here's the deal. Jesus can tell this all day long, but a lot of us, we think we're in the light. A lot of us think Things that we're doing, the way we're spending our time with, we think we're living our best life now. But in reality, Jesus is saying you're living your best death now. Okay, so here, here's how this plays out. Um, my um, aunt, I call her Sissy. A few, It's just funny, but I call her Sissy. I couldn't pronounce Lisa as a child, and so I just went with Sissy, and it stuck, okay? Um, and so Aunt Sissy, she had a knee replacement a few weeks ago, and it's maybe been a month now. And, and what happened is that the knee surgery went overall well. There's, there's a few things, little problems that she had. But whenever uh, she, she got home, my mom went to the pharmacy, picked up some medicine, asked the pharmacist, Pharmacist, okay, does this, this medicine interact with others? And they're like, no, you're good, okay? And so they, they go home. She's really in pain because she just had a knee replacement. That's, that's normal. She's not on the IV anymore. And so what they think is we've got this pain medicine here. We've got these things the doctor has given us to us. These should be, in a sense, life-giving. These should pr- promote uh, good healing and also take away a little bit of the pain. That's what they knew. That's what they thought. And so they give my Aunt Sissy this medicine and she goes to bed but my mom being the worrywart that she is and my cousin Gabe being the nurse that he is began to think you know what we should check that we should just make sure that medicine doesn't interact sure enough they get on WebMD some other websites and they see that this medicine does indeed interact as a matter of fact what they read to their panic is that what she just did combined with the medicine she was taking and the pain medicine would kill her within a matter of hours okay and so obviously they freak out and they panic they call the ambulance okay and it it gets there they get her there and they told her like if you would have let her go a little bit longer because she had started losing lung capacity her breathing had slowed she had faded into a state of consciousness which would have just been terrible see this is I hope this is meaningful to you guys and so listen they thought in a sense we're in the light we're fine (laughs) They were not. <laughs> she took something that, thanks be to God, his grace and mercy, through medical assistance and a worrywart mom that I have, they got her to the hospital, and thankfully she w- was, was saved. A long recovery, by the way, so if you think of it, pray for my, my Aunt Sissy. Okay, and so a lot of times, guys, just like that example, we're, we're taking the so-called medicine, we're taking the pills of life that we, we choose, and we think they're bringing us life and they're bringing us goodness, and a lot of times what they're doing is they're bringing us death. Why? Because they're detached from what God has for you. All right, a lighter example would be like, you're, you're sharing the gospel with, with, with someone and you're talking about Jesus being the light of the world and this guy pops, pops a cigarette out and lights it up, he's like, I got the light of the world right here, baby, I'm good, right? And you're like, dude, I'm not talking about that type of light, okay? Like, there's a, there's a lot of deception that can go into how we think about this. And friends, that's because our disposition, whether we know it or not, I hate to tell you, but I'll be the one to break the news, our disposition, Jesus even says it in John chapter 3, is that we love the darkness. We, we pursue it, we go after it, we like it, because our, in the darkness, our sins can remain hidden. The ways that we want to live that are not ideal, we can live that way continually. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And I would, I would say, if you read all of Jesus' word, he's saying, I am the only light of the world. And you know what? That kind of radar goes off in 2021, when they hear Jesus say he's the only light of the world, you're saying, okay, hold on, Jesus. Or you could say it towards me, hold on, Cole, isn't that a little arrogant to say that Jesus is the only light for the world? Because there's lots of religions out there all over the world, lots of cultures, lots of philosophies that that may say that they have, end quote, the light for the right path. They have the way and they have the wisdom for the direction you should take. Don't you think it's arrogant to claim that Jesus is the only way? And I would say taken out of context, absolutely. That would be pretty arrogant of me. But here's what I actually think. Y'all still with me? Y'all hanging in there? I like apologetics. I spend too much time on it. But let's, let's, let's camp out for a while. All right. I think a lot of other religious systems and philosophies that promise light and promise wisdom, I actually think, are, are some of the most cruelest things. And here's why. I think they're pretty heartless. Because they don't actually help you. Notice. They don't actually help you with your biggest problem. Your biggest problem isn't finding some path even if you found the right one. It's staying on it, right? It's staying on it. Like you you veer off wrong. Like name any self-help book that you've ever read. And they're like, we promise you if you do this, if you stay on this, you're gonna find life and contentment and fulfillment. They forgot to accommodate for the biggest problem. We have yet to ever stay on that for more than two minutes, right? That's just our position. That's what happens. And guess what? Because of that, counselors, not all counselors, some counselors, psychologists, pharmacies antidepressant companies like Lexapro and Prozac are seeing these self-help books and philosophies and they're like let's go let's keep pumping that out come on baby let's go because it's fueling those industries and a lot of them know it and that's why there's more than a thousand self-help books every single year you know why because we haven't found the answer if they found the answer they could stop writing books and it just becomes a classic and then a platinum whatever just keep selling them y'all still with me Friends, don't, don't, don't buy that junk, okay? Jesus is your light, and he can keep you in the light. Here's the thing, if you're not convinced yet. Verse seven, and verse John one says, Jesus's blood cleanses from sin. So when you veer off from the path, every microscopic lack of judgment or just grand, huge, terrible decision that overall we'll just say was a sinful decision, Jesus has already accommodated for that. Y'all, y'all, y'all track him with that? Jesus has already accommodated for that. He knows you're not gonna stay on the path. He knows he's gonna have to reel you back in, and so he died for your past, present, and future sins. It's something that no other religious system offers you. And he's saying, I'm not only gonna do that, I'm gonna shine light on your life, not to spite you, but so you can see the darkness around you and see, oh, oh, wow, I didn't see that because I was in the dark. Oh, yeah, that's not right. That's not right. Yeah, I, sh- I, shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be doing that. There, there is a better way. And so why, why follow Jesus? Many people promise to give light, but only Jesus comes down to us, gets dirty, sweaty, and bloody, doing the hardest work for us. He does not even tell us about some random path. He carves out the path with his broken body that we may follow him. And he says, come to me, I am the light of the world. This is how much I love you. You wonder how much Jesus loves you? Look to the cross. That's how much he loves you. I died and will raise, so you will know the way. He's the light of the world. And so we want to live in Jesus' light because his light saves us, okay? So that's the, that's the first qu- answer to the question, why do we care? And then there's this. First John 1, 7 again. Why do we want to live in Jesus' light? Let's read it again. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And so here's what's beautiful. We want to live in Jesus' light because Jesus' light prevents wandering and creates closeness. Okay, let me unpack this a little bit. So um, a lot of you know from your childhood how friendship and fellowship and closeness works. Here's some of the the best friendship probably from your childhood right here, amen? Right, Spongebob and Patrick, beautiful friendship that they had. Some of your parents are disapproved of the show. I'm sorry, I'm not a heretic, I promise. Um, But they had a close friendship, and you know why? Spongebob and Patrick, they didn't achieve their best friendhood, if that's a word, by spending time once a month or twice a month, right? No, they spent time every day several hours a day and you do this there's some there's some best friends in in the room and it's kind of like it's in a funny way discussing how much time you like spending with each other but you love each other and spend a lot of time with each other and so here's here's why this happens all right why do you not just wander off and try to find another best friend? It's because if you spend enough time with somebody, what begins to happen? You begin laughing at the same jokes that they do. You all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? Taco Bell's not that bad. Bueno's good, but Taco Bell's, we can go there, right? You start laughing at the same jokes. You start listening to the same podcast or whatever, whatever you may do. You spend enough time with this person in their light, in their presence, so to speak. You, you sort of become convinced, man, like, hey, this is a... Uh, I kind of of like this this person. They're they're my best friend, like Spence, Bob, and Patrick. Oh, the slide's gone. All right? So what happens is that that deters, that prevents wandering a little bit. Okay? If you invest in someone long enough, you're going to appreciate it. Unless you're just a lousy friend. You're like, dude. Someone's out there like, dude, you don't know. I'm like, okay. I'm accommodated for that. But most of us, that's what happens. Now, here's the other part. How does that prevent wandering? It prevents wandering, but it also creates closeness. Now, this is also true. I hope you do, and a lot of you that have that close friend or if you've got multiple best friends and you can't choose one, that's fine. right? No judgment here. But I bet that someone who's earned that sort of category in your mind, I bet you that's the same person who's willing to talk to you late at night. Right? You tracking with me? The people that are close friends in our life, they're the, they're the people that are willing to stay up late with us after. A breakup happens after mom and dad are having troubles back home after you, you fail a class again for the third year in a row. Whatever it may be, right? That, that friend may be willing to spot you a few bucks. We all have a friend that always needs you to cover. All right, we all have that friend, all right? But what begins to happen, the reason that creates closeness and a bond is because you see in them that there is a sacrificial love that they have for you guys if you don't want to call it love that's fine you just make up another word alright but it's love alright they have a sacrificial love for you and that, that compels you it brings you closer it's not only I, I don't want to get distant from you but I want closeness with you like you care about me and you've shown that and I actually care about you as well now where, where am I going with this this is not just Spongebob and Patrick Knight okay here's where I'm going with this Jesus very clearly tells his disciples in John 15, verse 15. He says, I'm no longer going to call you just servants or mere acquaintances. I'm going to call you friends. And Jesus to us, when we walk in his light in verse 7, it says that we will have fellowship with one another. Fellowship is a really important word and key word. And we can use John 15, 5, same writer, to know what they're really tapping into is that Jesus, not only relationship, relationship is thrown out so much, it is a friendship. And guess what? Jesus is the perfect friend. You spend time around him, you're not going to get annoyed like you eventually will do for a mere human being friend. All right? I get that. You're you're gonna spend time with Jesus, you're gonna start thinking the way he does, saying the things he does, caring and, and seeing and having affections for the things that he says to have affections for. And that's gonna deter you from wondering and wondering if there's if there's something else out there. You gotta spend time with him like a, like a real friend. And then it creates closeness because as you get to know Jesus and learn more about him, you see the vastness of his love. Because what you're gonna do as you study Jesus, you're gonna see, wow, he's so amazing and awesome, but he came down to me. Wow, what sacrificial love. And what that's gonna do is that's gonna compel you. Not to only say, I don't wanna get away from you but i want to draw near to you jesus now tracking does that make sense jesus is the perfect friend and some of you you're like you know what i want jesus to die for me but i'm not so sure about that friendship stuff that's a little touchy-feely for me and, and i get that i get that let me ask you this do you, do you have someone in your life that you talk to a lot <laughs> so you have someone in your life that you've talked to a lot Maybe call them a friend or say that's a relationship, right? What is, what is prayer I, except for just talking with God? A little or a lot. That's a, that's a friendship. That's a relationship. That's what Jesus is calling you into. And so you're like, I, I'm cool with Jesus dying for me, but I don't know about this friendship relationship closeness. I'm like, I'm just going to warn you. you. You step into it. <laughs> you lean into him a little bit, he's, he's gonna draw you close and you're probably gonna change your mind. He not only offers us redemption, he, he offers us relationship. And they're not to be divorced. They, they're, they're a package deal. It's a wonder why so many Christians are anxious and, and scared and, and, and depressed because they, they worship a Jesus that died for them but doesn't offer them a friendship. And that's where he shines light on that issue and says, friend, like, I'm here. Like, come come in here. Like a, like a brother. Like, come here, bro. Like a sister. I don't really know what girls do. They'd probably look weird if I tried to act that out, all right? But he wants that relationship and friendship. And he paid a high price for it on the cross. So that's all great to know why. All right? That's great. Jesus' is light saves he shines light on our darkness. We see the way that we're going does not lead to anything good. And he also offers himself as not only the one to die for us, but he offers fellowship and friendship that would prevent us from being drawn away into something else and actually create something in our hearts to say, I want to draw near to you, Jesus. And so all of that's true and all of that's great. But if I'm tracking with this sermon, if I'm you, I'm asking this question. How do we live in the light of Jesus? How can we get out of this ambiguity or whatever this kind of like those are strange ideas, like they're they're concepts. What makes it real? First John one nine makes it real. First John chapter one, verse nine. You'll look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Guys, we live in the light of Jesus. How do we do it? Very simple. Nothing that's gonna be mind-blowing for you in churches for a long time. We live in the light of Jesus by confessing our sins. All right, so the word tonight actually says, y'all see how this goes? It says this. In verse eight, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. <laughs> and the truth is not in us. <laughs> it's saying like, you're a liar. <laughs> like, you're saying, that, saying like, you're, you're a liar. You're like, I've never told a lie, but I don't think I have sin. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Like it's saying, you're a liar. You're being deceptive. And look, here's the thing. The word tonight says we're liars if we say we have no sin. And so, like I said earlier, God has a plan for this. <laughs> He's accommodated for this. Because look at verse 9. It's not saying... You're a sinner, good luck. No, 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 he's accommodated for it. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, if you simply say, yep, that's right, I know it, okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. It's that friendship language again. He's a faithful friend. He's a faithful savior. He's faithful and just. What does that mean? Well, sins had to be paid for somehow. God couldn't just be like, whoops, sweep it under the rug. No, no, that's not how it works. So God and his justice, the justice that we should have gotten, death, wrath, condemnation, it's Christianese words for punishment. So you just died that death on the cross. And so when he offers forgiveness, it's not like someone out there like, oh, I forgive you. No. And then the next day they're mad at you again, right? High school relationships basically is what, what that is. All right. No, no, no. When he forgives, he forgives. He removes your sin as far as the east is from the west and he does so faithfully if you come to me. If we say we have no sin, we're lying. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's some people in the room, you've never done that before. You've never believed in Jesus. You're sitting in the pews hiding out and I love that that you're actually here. Maybe I have an opportunity to listen to this. I'm saying like, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who your mommy or daddy is. It doesn't matter what you think about the world. It doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't even matter if you're not exactly sure how the world came into existence. Like you're reading Genesis and your background is like, oh, like, I don't know, it may have some disagreement, but here's how we come together on the gospel of Jesus Christ is that if you believe anyone, any sinner that he died for your sins and rose from the dead the bible says very clearly you will be saved okay and some of you have never done that you've been in churches your whole life you've never heard the gospel the preacher opens up reads a verse and then goes off into something else that has nothing to do with that verse you've had that your whole life and so welcome to Southcrest baptist church and a lot of churches who care about the word of god and it says for all of you you can be saved from your sins have a relationship with jesus by doing that simply believing in him and i invite you to that but then there's also the part of this verse that is much more than that for those of you who are believers. See, I've had seasons of dryness in, in my prayer life. I don't know if you've ever had this, and like, it's, like, it's like I'm saying, I'm praying, but in the moment, what I feel is like I just it's just words, right? It's just routine, like it feels powerless. I'm coming like reading the Bible, like, man, okay and, Kind of, and it feels just, if I just say dry. Like in other words, the way I'm reading the Bible, like I would not want to share that with someone maybe interested or pursuing God, because I'm like, dude, my life isn't very exciting. I don't know if i ever felt that way before. And then it seems like in the seasons of that, I always remember, I'm like, you know what? What's very strange. I can't remember the last time in prayer that I came to God and confessed to him sins that I've been dealing with. I can very quickly just be like, ah, he's forgiven now. Don't, don't got to worry about it. What's happening, though, according to the word, is even though I'm a Christian, I'm forgiven. We can also, as Christians, have our closeness and fellowship with Jesus a little bit deterred, a little bit distracted, a little bit removed from what he would want. It's the story of the prodigal son. It was far, far away. He was lost and then, and then found. And so we, we all have a prodigal heart. Tim Keller tells us that. He's like, we, we are prodigals at heart. Naturally distant away. And so here, here's what my prayer life began to look like. I began to, to see this, and, and this happens today as, as a grown adult. Wait a minute. I'm not starting my prayer time just coming to the Lord humbly and saying, God, I, I, I messed up. I did this yesterday. I said this and should have said this. I shouldn't have said that. I did this when I shouldn't have done it. I didn't do what I knew. You, you just fill in the blank. And God, would would you forgive me? I know as a Christian that he did. Like I said, Jesus paid for past, present, and future sins. I know that. But it's the closeness. It's the fellowship that I want with him. I want to say in my heart, Lord, please forgive me of my sins because I want to be near you. I don't want anything to get in between walking with you and your life. Does that make sense to you guys? Get a head nod every now and then. All right, we good? And so here's where beautiful things like methods of prayer kind of come in and there's nothing magical in them but there's there's the the axe method method. it starts with adoration and then confession and then thanksgiving and then a big word supplication which basically just means asking God for specific things and requests and so that second one is confession and sometimes I just like to move it around and just say cats all right just honest with you I like to just do, do cat prayer and converse just in my sinful nature guys I wake up not feeling like a Christian all right, two cups of coffee in, I'm like, eh, I may have the spirit, we'll see. Third, third cup, I'm like, okay, I'm probably a Christian, all right? Like, I don't wake up feeling like this holy, amazing person. I wake up feeling like, yep, like, it's gonna be a day. And so if I start my day, though, coming to God and that humility and weakness and say, Lord, please, just forgive me of this, it! Like, I got on, nor is my little daughter. Like, I snapped at her, I shouldn't have snapped at her. She touched that five times when we, and she should only touched it twice. I know she's being disobedient, but I shouldn't have snapped at my, my little girl. She's still little. She doesn't know. There's a more loving way. Y'all tracking? What happens is I love it. I don't know how exactly it works and I don't know why God does it this way. But it's like all of a sudden that distance that I felt from God starts to lessen. I feel closer. I think God wired us and designed us to have that beautiful vulnerability He doesn't want us to to just be flipping about out saying, oh, whatever. And he doesn't also want us to take it so seriously that we're constantly worried. Am I saved or not? Does God love me? And there's a perfect little middle spot. And this is where 1 John 1, 9 comes in. If we confess our sins, he is so faithful and just to forgive you. He's going to forgive you every time in Christ. He's going to cleanse you from all that unrighteousness and draw you near to him. I just feel deep down in my soul, guys, like we need to create a real meaningful space to deal with that tonight. And, and for some of you, that scares you to death. So let me caveat, So before anyone runs out, you're not gonna be required or asked in this space, in this room, to look to anyone next to you to confess sin to them. It's in the context of this room, you're not gonna be asked to do that. But I think there may be some things we need to reconcile in your life between you and God. So here's where I'm getting to. I think a lot of you keep your sins in the dark because you feel that if if you come into the light... You're going to be like those zombies in I Am Legend. And when they come, they like, ah, right? They like die, like the light kills them, right? You're going to think, if I bring this to life, if I bring who I really am to God, or especially church, that's a whole nother sermon. If you want them to talk more about that, we can later. But if I bring who I really am, my sins up, 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 if I, who I really am, the sinner that God really forgave, the real me, the one he saw as he was bleeding on the cross, then I'm going to get smited. He's going to smite me down. He's just going to. Make me feel even more guilty and more terrible. And that's a lot of how people perceive Christianity. And thanks be to God, that is a Christianity you won't find anywhere in the pages of Scripture. So here's what I want to do. I want us to do a little bit of deep reflection tonight. And this isn't a dad joke like my intro. We really are going to turn the lights down. All right? We're going to turn the lights off. When I'm produce a little bit of an image for you. I'm convinced that the Bible says very clearly there's no one in this room or in this world without sin. Even Christians. There's none of us without sin. Now here's the deal. There are sins that you probably need to bring to the light tonight maybe for the first time or maybe for the one millionth time. And the reason I turn the lights off is because I want you to deeply reflect upon it. I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I don't want to bring shame on anybody. But guys, as I was praying and and just reflecting and thinking, God, what would those sins be like? I don't want anyone to feel like their sin wasn't mentioned, and so maybe God doesn't forgive that. Maybe God doesn't care about that sin, or maybe I, as a pastor, am ashamed of it. Guys, I think there's some of you, you are knee-deep in sexual sin. You're in You've got pornography addiction, you're in sex outside of marriage, you have constant and pure thoughts, you're using people that you're dating to fulfill your desires rather than seeing them as an individual created in the image of God and you feel the weight of that darkness like you know it, like you know it's not good, like and you hate it and it's destroying you and what I would say to you is it may be time tonight to bring that sin into the light. Let God's word just shine on that. Some of you are scared to death of what Jesus is going to do if you bring this up to bring it up to Him. And then he sees a brother or sister far off walking in darkness. And he's like, you can't see it unless I shine my light on it. Just allow me, bring it to the light, and I'll show you. And he wants you to bring that and see, oh man, this is not good. And I don't, I don't want to walk in this way anymore. And see, there's some of you. You're in a dating relationship with somebody who couldn't care less about God and his will for you. Like, your whole relationship is in the dark because you've kept Jesus out. You've locked the doors, you boarded up the windows, and you said, stay out. I don't want you in here, Jesus. And what I would just say to you, friends, let me bring that to the light tonight. Some of you are in the dark, and it kinda looks like this. Looks like giving Jesus about 1% of your time. You treat him as a little lamp to turn on a few minutes a day rather than the light of the world, and you use Jesus for spiritual pick-me-ups. Like, you come to church about once a month. It's a product you consume rather than a community to you invest in. And guys, Jesus has so much more for you. Because if you just come to the light, maybe you just only pray when you need things you don't pray and let him deal with the things that actually are robbing you of life and let him give you life cause calls that darkness and i'm just saying i need to bring that to the light tonight by the way if i burn this place down y'all run okay <laughs> We're all friends, here's the reality. I don't say this to make you feel guilty. We are so prone, every single one of us, to commit spiritual adultery. We flirt with Jesus while we have something else on the side. And we flirt with the church, the bride of Christ, just using it for what we need, leaving it and not coming back until we want a little more. And let's be clear, the Bible calls this darkness. And listen, you can pick a sin. Some of you are angry at someone from something that happened years ago. You're bitter, you're jealous, you're holding a grudge, you love to gossip and lie and slander. Maybe you worship and you idealize having this relationship with a guy or a girl and dethroning the relationship that Jesus actually matters most and you know why we keep these things in the dark? It's because we're we're either terrified to come to the light, or maybe it's both. Maybe we're a little more comfortable feels a less risky to stay in the dark because you have a deep feeling within your soul that if you bring it to the light, it's gonna cause you to have to change some things. And friends, Jesus, listen, that's what's so funny. Jesus knows your darkness, whether you bring it to him or not. He sees not someone that he's angry and resentful with, but a brother or a sister in in the dark that he longs to see come to the light. Jesus sees whatever you're keeping in the dark is something that is hindering your relationship and closeness with him. And so he is going to, friends, you listen to me, you mark the words of Jesus in love. He is going to so passionately pursue you in the dark to bring you out of that and walk with him, amen? He knows what is best for you and he is working toward that end. And he's saying tonight, you come to the light so here's what we're going to do tonight there's nothing magic about these candles bought them from walmart that there you go they're not magic all right nothing magic about these tables or note cards but what we're going to do we we have these candles lit there are note cards and Ends up here. And like I said, there's some of you, you've never confessed your sins ever to God before. You've never believed in Jesus and so that may be you. There's some of you though that you've been You've been calling yourself a Christian. You've been doing this whole Jesus thing and you've never confessed your sins to him and you wonder why Christianity wasn't what you thought it should amount to and it's because you don't have closeness and Jesus might be tonight bringing you in. And the third person is maybe you confess your sins even this morning. I would just say, man, let's, let's do it together again. I'm gonna be the first person right here on my knees. And what we're gonna do is you're just gonna come to these tables. No one's gonna be looking. Don't look over someone's shoulder, all right? And you're just gonna write down maybe a sin you've kept in the dark, maybe something you're dealing with. Underneath the candlelight, you're gonna bring that sin to the light. And then you're gonna, you're gonna pray over that, Lord, help me to not walk in this darkness anymore. Help me to come to the light. And then what you're gonna do, after you get done praying, you're gonna trust that Jesus is faithful, that he's forgiven you, that he's cleansed you from every sin that you've ever committed in the, ever. Like, do y'all, do y'all see that? Does that excite you? This is an amazing God dark you can't tell my face is really excited right now all right i'm pumped up about the grace of god you're gonna crumple off that note card and you're gonna throw it into one of those bins and cast it back out in the darkness. you say i'm not in that anymore i'm walking in the light and here's the deal you're not gonna have tables and a candle in the morning or tomorrow but guys this is what the, this is what the christian life looks we do this every day This is a physical symbol of what we do in our hearts before prayer to the God every day. We're going to be wondering tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, and every time, every time. This is the Jesus that I plead with you about. This is why I'm a pastor. What we're talking about tonight, he is faithful every time to forgive you. Just ask, what are you waiting for? What more could you ask for? in a God, in a religion, in a belief. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The Cole, if I come to the front and do that, everyone's gonna know that I'm a sinner. <laughs> well, if they're looking at you and judging you, they're a sinner too, so you're in good company, all right? <laughs> Part two, I already said it, we're already a sinner. You're doing business with God, not with Cole Rhodes, not with your Connect Group leader, our friends. This tonight is between you and you. Lord Jesus and he already knows the sins you're dealing with now and he knows the sins that you're gonna be dealing with 30 years from now there's no surprise and he's ready he's faithful he's saying come to me tonight I want you to bow your heads the band is gonna softly play the song Oh Come to the Altar Friends, I will caveat this. I believe that you could remain sitting in your chairs and have heartfelt confession and forgiveness. I believe that. But how cool would it be to see our little small sub body called the Journey College Ministry and tonight united together, coming together as brothers. Maybe you bring a brother with you. Maybe you bring a sister with you so you don't have to go alone. How cool would it be to see us saying to Jesus tonight, I believe you say you are that you are the light and I'm bringing this to the light and how cool would it be for you to experience tonight as we worshiped him together the grace and forgiveness and mercy that 1 John 1 9 promises because guess what he will do it he will do it he's just that good so I'm going to step to the side and the band's going to lead us and I'm just praying that the Spirit will lead you tonight to come to the light. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.